Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. Today we're covering Season 11, Episode 21, titled Outpost 22. They didn't save this for the 22nd episode of the season. I feel like they should have. Or just rename the Outpost to Outpost 21. There's yeah. no reason it couldn't be. Exactly. Uh, I- I- anyway, uh, Aaron, what would you think of this episode? You know, Jim... I was a little underwhelmed by this episode. I was a little disappointed in this episode. Okay. Uh, you know, Walking Dead has kind of leaned into the Western kind of frontier aspect of it um, with some some notable uh, standout things. You had, like, what, the Highwaymen? Sure. Uh, what was that guy's Angus name? Angus Sampson. Yeah. Angus Sampson, right? You've had, uh, you know, Rick always kind of cut a, a, a Western figure. And you've got the, you know, the wagons and all that kind of stuff. Uh, one of the treasure tropes of a Western is the train heist. Mm-hmm. And when you get uh, Westerns in other genres, like when you've got your uh, Firefly, for example, mm-hmm. impeccable train, he- train heist episode. You got your neo-noir Westerns, Breaking Bad. Again, impeccable. Very exciting train he- heist episode. Mm-hmm. How do you have a boring train heist in a zombie apocalypse? <laughs> well, you yeah. don't give a fuck about staging. You don't give a fuck about blocking. Sure. You don't mm-hmm. give a fuck about the situation. Uh, this was this was just a just a hapless episode. I with a gun to my ear, my head. I would like to put it. I, you know, okay, this I don't want to make um, with a Nerf gun to any of the producers or showrunners of this or in <laughs> sure. writers. I would like to say. Draw me a map right now, motherfucker, of the map from uh, Commonwealth to the train (laughs) depot. Alexandria. Show me where the Jeeps are. Show me where the trucks are. Show me where. Because like none of this stuff makes sense as far as I can tell. None of this stuff makes sense. Uh, I'm with you. I had a very hard time following this episode. uh, Logically, I, I, I think like. All, all the pieces are there. It's just like, I'm not sure how they all yeah. connect, which is a mm-hmm. common fall with The Walking Dead. Uh, the other thing is, like you said, it's just boring. I, yes. it, yeah, it's set up, you know, for what they wanted to really do, which was the big Alexandria reveal. And that part was kind of cool. I thought it was interesting that, oh, they've turned their old home into a prison camp, essentially. And, and that's mm-hmm. kind of neat. But like, yeah. Was it worth the squeeze is the question. And I don't feel like it was in this episode. They could have done some things to make it more exciting. They didn't seem like they were interested in it. But yeah, it never quite clicked for me. Like there's ways to build tension. But like, honestly, I didn't even know what the hell the heroes were trying to do. Like uh, Maggie steps on the train with a gun and like holds the engineer at gunpoint. I'm like, how did this happen? Why? Like they don't they they do this thing where it's like they don't ever tell us what the hero's plan is. So we Mm -hmm. can't critique, which is, you know, not a bad strategy for the show. But on things like a high like imagine imagine uh, Ocean's Eleven without the explanation scene. Uh You're just watching people fuck around a casino. What's happened? I don't know. And then like I just feel like there's there's it just it just there's no sense of urgency. Like they're playing these guys fucking around the switch is kind of like comedy and there's not any stakes because that's the other thing is like I realize when you have a train full of Maggie and Daryl and Carol, Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Like none of these people can die. None yeah. of these people can die. No matter how uh, much Daryl ducking Daryl's right. doing, right? Like his and his cover technique is ridiculous. Saying this with three episodes to go, we should be sure. on pins and needles. Like, oh my god, will they kill Daryl? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he of the if they kill Daryl, we riot. Fame. Are they going to kill? Like, but but of course of they can't, right? Because the Daryl Dixon spinoff needs to exist. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like. Okay, maybe you don't want to put a gun that it's canceled six months from now, but uh, right. <laughs> you know, I don't they, know. They, they they also like intentionally, I think, were aping some aspects of the Great Escape, but like this motorcycle chase was no Steve McQueen. Yeah, I really wanted to see Daryl ramp off the train. I thought we would. I'm like, okay, I'm how's like, he gonna get down? <laughs> Why does Norman Reedus do all this ride shit if you can't uh, even let him do a halfway decent stunt? Like, get a stuntman. But, the, you know, the other thing, this episode felt cheap. This episode felt like sure. instead of, like, giving it some extra budget to go out of the bang, it feels like maybe they're robbing from get, wa- Walking Dead to do. Uh, like, I mean, they've recycled the biggest prop ever constructed for The Walking Dead yet again. It's Alexandria. I mean, we're yeah. just coming back to the same set that they've already built, right? With it's a little bit of graffiti old. and signs yep. on it. So, like, yep. yeah, this feels like the most Walking Dead thing you could possibly do, even though it is slightly cool. I, I, I want to say that. But, yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, the stunt work, I, I get the impression that Norman Reedus can actually ride. And maybe <laughs> the other guy that they hired was a little shakier on the motorcycle mm. uh, based on that chase scene. But... And you, then, you know, they have stuntmen who can do this stuff. But well, yeah. I'll say this about Norman Reedus. I he's very going through. Uh, I love the man. He is uh, a lot of why I'm still watching the show. But like, I also have noticed a decided lack of enthusiasm for just not. not he, he'll he'll get it up for like a big hero shot where he's like got mm-hmm. both swords in both hands and he's doing the world. But like. There's no sense of, like the man has taken automatic weapons fire yep. and he just kind of <laughs> walks off. You know, uh-huh. like I, they used to like throw themselves against walls and hug and like, you know, get down and like, but there's like the extended shootout with Carol and like two or three troopers and Daryl. And it's just like, they might as well be playing paintball. They'd probably be more afraid with there, there was actually paintballs hitting. Cause they're not, like, that's yeah. the other thing is like, I started like you watching them like, oh, remember, they're not even shooting blanks. They're literally holding uh-huh. a heavy rubber gun and they're just kind of going like this. And yeah. they're doing all, and all of, of the effects. flash and stuff and post and like, yeah, there's just no blood or heat really in these these scenes. So anyway, it was not a and I think he, they could have punched it up, but it's this weird connecting episode of the first half. And then what I'm thinking is going to be the kind of like the, the closing moments. And, you know, it's like the last mm-hmm. time to have like quiet conversations with people. And some of those I thought were effective. Uh-huh. Um, I thought it was effective, Carol and Daryl, like learning from the last two seasons of, you know, maybe we shouldn't split up and stop talking to each other every time there's a crisis or something. Uh, yeah. And all this is meta commentary too, right? The stuff with Negan and Ezekiel being in this prison camp where they're specifically not allowed to talk to each other and mm-hmm. they're trying to inspire hope. And how do you do that in a scenario where nobody is speaking uh, to each other? I mean, they're, they're making a lot of modern day parallels here. Uh and I, I think that stuff is mostly working for me. It's just, yeah, yeah like, the rest of the episode just feels like a nothing. And while we're talking shit, yeah, mm-hmm. the scenes with between Ezekiel and Negan are, are, are okay for what they are. But this is the 19th Alexandrian I've seen air their grievances with Negan. And like, 
uh-huh. I'm never going to forget the time that you did this or that or the other. And like, well, in two episodes from now, you will. You know, like, right, I, right. Yeah, I've That's seen Rick. I've seen Michonne. I've seen Aaron. I've seen Maggie even. Forgive mm-hmm. Negan. Like I've even I even forgot until Herschel started up his preamble that that Negan and Ezekiel had serious beef, which of course they did. He killed some of his mm-hmm. knights. Um but yeah, I'm like, wow, Ezekiel never buried the hatchet along with the other Alexandrians. All the times Negan saved the kids, all the time, like, no, huh? Okay. Yeah, I've just been it's avoiding them. It felt tedious. Like, oh God, three episodes to go and we're gonna relitigate Negan again? Jesus. Yeah. I suppose they they wanted a they wanted characters it felt like who never got moments before to interact to to finally have those moments because we're approaching mm. the end of the series and they it, it felt that way with Maggie and uh, Carol they don't mm. often interact it feels that way with Negan and Ezekiel it's kind of meta commentary with like you know in normal course operations we wouldn't even speak <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> Yeah, cast so, so goddamn big, spread across this. four different cities. That like, why would we? You know? Yeah, I could. I couldn't help but feel the meta in what Gabriel tells the guy who's the trooper who's dying. He's like, people remember the end of stories. It's what you do at the very end that matters. And I swear to God, there is a poster board somewhere in the writers' room that says that word for word on it. There's kind of yeah, this, this episode. This episode, they're going... And I, and the other thing is, like, this... I felt very strongly when I was at the end of this episode of, like, man, we just aren't going to get a definitive end. Like, there's no fucking way. that We hmm. might, at best, end up with the heroes at some kind of Alexandria, free Alexandria again. But, like, I don't even know. Three episodes to do all that? Yeah. Maybe... I mean, because the, the way... For me, that to be a believable end, they'd have to take down the Commonwealth. Mm-hmm. And reestablish Alexandria. Uh, and apparently they're going to have some kind of trial of the century with Eugene, the mastermind terrorist next episode, <laughs> which I cannot wait <laughs> yeah. to see a post-apocalyptic, a few good men. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm as, it's, excited it was, about that as I was about the Ren Fair. Yeah, I feel like I've been grading this season on a bit of a curve. I've been been willing to be pleased. Uh, I've thought that, you know, again, because they got good actors in the show. Uh, I thought they've been given pretty good material. It's pretty interesting. But this is the first episode where just like the first five minutes I thought were uh, inscrutable. And then it just kept on kind of not making sense. And at some at some point, you're just like, OK, well, I guess I guess I'm just on for along for the ride here on the train. Yeah. Um, along the lines of like the stunt work in this and like the urgency in the in all the fight scenes, I will say I'm going to give them a little bit of slack because we're talking about actors 12 years ago who were 40 and are now in their mid to late fifties. <laughs> so it, it hit me it. really hard when I saw that they made poor Melissa McBride crawl under this train. She's 57 mm-hmm. years old. Yeah. I would not want to today right now. I'm not sure I could crawl under a train without hurting myself. And they expected this poor woman to do that. I So I don't want to give him too much uh, guff for it. But yes, yeah. it is hilarious that they never put Daryl behind anything solid. He just kind of ducks in order to, to and when take you say cover. duck, he kind of like half inch kind of bends. Down, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's going to throw his back out for the show. <laughs> right. And Although I will him. say that He's for a couple a million dollars a year, do. I got to say, Jim, for a couple million dollars a year, I think I mm-hmm. crawl under a train. 
Yes. Maybe three, four takes. I crawl under train. At least. <laughs> I might give him five. <laughs> That's uh, it. That's it. Other more than that, I'm going back to my fucking trailer and calling my agent. <laughs> right. Do you know who directed this episode? Was it Nicotero? Because it felt like there were some Nicoteroisms. It, it felt like because like, yeah, let's let's look it up. Let's look it up. Uh, it, it specifically because there are a lot of hero shots on the. Uh, no, it's not. It's Tanya McKiernan. Uh, it felt like Nicotero in the hero shots of the gore, like that that truck driver who gets his brains blown out accidentally. Uh, mm, boy, they do mm. a long and uh, interested look. At that corpse, yeah, that that's another thing. We, you know what? What did I want from this season? I wanted spectacular zombie deaths, spectacular zombie kills. I feel like every episode they've given us at least one. This episode, a big fat meh. Yeah, nothing. Agree. Yeah, the Maggie stuff with this kid wasn't doing it for me either. I gotta say, I look, we're way past that. She's battle hardened. It is too late in this show to be acting like this, Maggie. I get it. You're you're freshly traumatized by your son being pulled away from you. But come on. See, How many times I, does this happen now? I mean, I guess I that's the one thing I thought worked because really as as Kang point out in the Kang corner, it always erased it, the uh, child zombie always gets me going a little bit. And it's funny because when I was looking at this, I'm like, wow, this is coming full circle from the first episode. And I kind of liked it. And Angela Kang, because she's brilliant, said the same thing, you know, like, you know, we wanted to go back to like, you know, that the, every zombie is a tragedy, but you don't often think of it because they're a threat. But with the child mm-hmm. zombie, you, you're like, oh, my God, this person had a family, someone that cared for them. This is a sad, pathetic thing. And that still can 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 tug on my heartstrings a little bit, especially if you've just lost your kid. And I thought they did a pretty good job of showing the kid. She's kind of hallucinating <laughs> that like, is this a kid? Is this Herschel or? Yeah, I'm just thinking about like all the whisper stuff that's happened recently. There's just there's so much shit that they've seen. It's like this is what's going to phase you. All right. Sure. Gotcha. I don't know. Uh, maybe we should get into the recap. I'll talk all right. about. Yeah. Don't shamble off. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back, survivors. Here's even more of The Walking Dead. All right. We start off with what I thought was a Judith voiceover about the fight and hope uh you pointed out to me that it's actually herschel jr uh and i looked at it and yeah mind blown this is herschel not judith and it's as you pointed out they're little kids and little kids you know they they uh they haven't had the testosterone and estrogen to really hit their you know deepen or or differentiate cords yeah so it's like it's it is it's it's an easy mistake to make i wonder if this next uh, quartet of episodes will be uh because the first four you know you had this judith kind of like holding her hand and and i wonder if now you're going to uh have herschel kind of take over and talk about um you know, kind of the mad. I, I, what would he? What would he do? I was like, so maybe he can talk about the rest of the hilltop people. But they've already done Aaron. Like, mm-hmm. maybe this will be a one and done. Talk for him. about talk about his dad. I don't know. But a very, very Daddy Maggie Green did. heavy flashback uh-huh. sequence, which you know that's nice. She's been one of the ones that's been here from the beginning and seeing her personal relationships grow over the year. I like these packages. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought that's good. And let's talk about. You want to believe that as long as we're together, there's hope. Yeah. You know, but is there? I've Probably seen this episode, a- kid. Not not a lot of hope. Not a lot of hope on display. No. 
No, you need a spark. You need a spark for that hope. Um, mm. Anyway, Maggie somehow gets her hood off in the back of the prisoner truck. I guess it's just because they don't tie these things at the neck. They don't cinch them. They're just yeah, didn't, loose didn't sacks seem, over their head. Yeah, it seemed like the 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 hoods were for transit, and they weren't really interested mm-hmm. in keeping them on past that. Uh, she sees that the only guard in the truck is also asleep, and she wakes and unties Gabriel and Rosita, and they try to escape. Um, Gabriel and Rosita jump from the truck, but Maggie's caught by the guard before she can, and they struggle for his gun, end up shooting the driver, causing the truck to crash. And when Maggie wakes, she runs off into the woods as other trucks approach. So when I was watching this scene, there's a couple things I'm like, oh, okay, Maggie's just going to bust out of these flexi cuffs somehow, Mm -hmm. Uh, which I know if you get to like the commercial grade, the ones are like an eighth of an inch or quarter inch, like it's Mm. fairly easy to bust those out. But these look like they were like a half inch thick, like the kinds you would use to secure a prisoner. I don't know that you're busting yourself out of those. Yeah. But whatever. Also, the lone mm-hmm. guard. You've got the. Oh, my God. Asleep inside of what is essentially a rock tumbler. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how he's sleeping back here. I, I'm i yeah, sure. He's sleeping in a deuce in the back of a deuce and a half going down a gravel road. Yeah. He's getting just totally jostled. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't know. That's probably a thing, right? It's like being I'm sure there are a bunch of guys in the army or something who are just like, oh, yeah, we used to sleep on those long hauls all the time. Yeah. 18 to 22 year olds. This guy looks like he's 45. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. I, I also think it's kind of crazy that they've got a whole caravan of dudes and they couldn't spare a single one for guard redundancy. Mm-hmm. You put a single guard in here. That's weird. Is it show like how little that they respect these people as fighters, war fighters? Like, I because like from the Commonwealth's perspective, like why would they suspect? Although Rosita was one of their better soldiers, true. And Daryl would have like been, but Daryl would have flamed not, out because he's not right. a team player. But he's not in this car. I'm saying that like no, no. if you know, you're like okay, we got the priest, and you've got the mother of this child that we don't know as a secret badass, but like Rosita, okay. you should take seriously, you know. Um, sure, but uh, I, I also look, go ahead. I, I want to know how the how the prisoner truck is so far from the rest of the caravan that they can crash. She can black out. She can wake up and run away without them actually getting to her. And Rosita and Gabriel can just jump out, and no one sees him. I thought when I was watching this episode, it's like it's very lucky they're the last truck in the convoy. That I thought they so can too. Do this. And, but, then, but then they established that this is like the vanguard, the advanced uh-huh. scout of the convoy that's like a mile ahead. And yeah, it's another one of these day the the, 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 the day to night thing. Um but mm-hmm. like weapons automatic weapons fire went off. Uh-huh. This car flips off and runs off the road. How are they gonna just drive past? And I guess they didn't, but they if didn't, they didn't, but they were then, so far behind. And this is like the dead of night. They weren't hinting that this was at dawn. No. And the next time we see these people, they're like, like Rosita and Gabe jump out and apparently just pass the fuck out <laughs> until yeah, the sun is as high they in the sky. Were, they both landed head first on rocks. Uh-huh. And just were <laughs> were unconscious from this, this brain trauma 
for mm. hours <laughs> for long enough for a guard to resurrect, pull himself off of a tree yeah. uh, and come shamble their way. And if, I just if like, Rosita ever gets Coco back, she's not even going to recognize her. That's how <laughs> severe the brain damage is. I have a daughter. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, oh, also, this is something I've harped on a lot, but I've, I've, I've haven't found a good example. This is a bent bayonet a palooza this mm, episode yeah. and it starts with the gun that maggie tries to pull from the dead guard in the front seat that mm-hmm. that bayonet is mounted at a wonky angle and they're endemic in this episode it's easier to find a bayonet that's not affixed uh or that, that, that that's yeah that's 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 whopper jaw than it is to find one that's like straightforward i is that just how they mount them me. it's it's not I, a mistake at this point right I think they're probably like foam rubber designed to be breakaway and there's they're just held on by a single probably plastic shear bolt and no like there's God, there's no con- continuity in this fucking show. So mm-hmm. like it's beyond apparently the directors to be like, uh, cut. Yeah, that bayonet's like 15, 20 degrees off. True. Can we fix that <laughs> shit? What the fuck? Uh, mm-hmm. But no, they don't they don't do that. Uh, none of the stars care either, apparently. Yeah, I hope it's just a design choice, but. Yeah, that's weird. No, because sometimes they're on straight. <laughs> Maybe those are the mistakes. Maybe it's like, I was the bayonet's on straight again. Can we fix that? <laughs> there were so many at this angle. I'm like, is this going to be like some kind of halberd or part pike? Because, you know, they had that like kind of like all those pole arms had that like like off center at an angle blade that you could use to hook a knight and like drag him off a horse or something like that. I'm like, Ooh. is it that kind of like it's designed to kind of like. Used as a baseball bat instead of like a because I'm thinking you got a three foot gun. It's a spear. You want that straight for stabby. Yeah. But may, but there's enough guns that are on straight. The bayonets are on straight. Then no, I think it's just a mistake oh, either way. Damn. Uh, yeah. As you mentioned, Rosita and Gabriel wake up and find a walker closing in on him. They kill it. And on the radio, they hear that they're probably being tracked. And so they split. Yeah, they're finally because um, that's the thing like that. They could have done a better job convincing me this was Dawn. They could have done a better job of convincing me that we were the mm-hmm. Dawn was breaking. Like I, I, I don't know. I just feel like again the show's day night cycle bites them in the ass. Yeah. Uh, everybody wakes up on the prison bus and they start piecing together what might have happened with the caravan. They, assuming the crash they heard was Maggie, Gabriel, and Rosita. I mean, they make some pretty big leaps here. Uh, a guy comes in and tells them they're at a work camp and they have no names. And he starts pointing to people to get off the bus. Apparently, they're going to be transported to another site. Annie, Negan's wife, is one of them. Uh, the rest of them are going to be clearing the railroad tracks. And Negan promises Annie he'll get them out of here. Yeah, as Warden comes up and essentially says, work makes free. I'm like, really? Hmm, okay. <laughs> going to be running a concentration camp here. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, exactly what it is. It's slave labor. I, I thought maybe it that is. they were going to like go to a little bit of, uh, you know, the prison, you know, using prisoners for the labor type of deal. But it doesn't seem like it. It seems like this is just another, you know, evil. I mean, that's uh, essentially evil, what evil it is, right? Deal. They've committed crimes against the Commonwealth, kind of. Um, in Pamela's mind anyway. So yeah, this is, this is forced prison labor, essentially slavery. I mean, I, I see no distinction. 
Um, oh, for sure. I just thought that like they're, you know, they might try to do something a little bit more nuanced than literally, you know, 20 hours a day forced labor with only breaks to, to eat and sleep, you know? Gotcha. Like, how sustainable is that? I wondered the same thing because, like, it's I funny because I watched two episodes of fantasy. Uh, one, uh, Star Wars Andor, that also deals with uh, slave prison prison labor and this. And it's just like I, I kept on thinking, like, both shows are like made it clear to like these guys are working 12 plus hour day. And I'm like, is that? But then maybe the, the but especially the Commonwealth is like it's like, you know, if you had the, the, the Third Reich. We've got the Galactic Empire. They're not ever going to run out of, you know, they can just keep shipping mm-hmm. fresh people there because it's an extermination thing. Is it like that with Alexander? Or I mean, not, not Alexander, the Commonwealth? Because, like, they don't have unlimited amounts of people they can just shovel into slave labor camps. Yeah. No, they would have to, like, manufacture crimes uh, committed by people to shuffle them But then them they off, start then... reducing the population of the city. Like, 50,000 people yeah. is not a lot, you know? If you start disappearing 100 at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know, I don't what know how birth, sustainable it is. What would the birth replacement rate be for like a population of 50,000? <laughs> like if you want math, I don't have it for you. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm like sh- uh, just less than a thousand people. Um, gotta sure. be. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think as far as like sustainability from a how long can they keep these people isolated and working, I feel like it's forever unless they have the kind of guards that they have in this episode, which I think are just. It, I, the worst guards. They're the worst guards. Every every trooper we've seen is incompetent beyond belief in mm. in almost every regard. And we'll talk about it when we get to Negan's scene. But I I have to assume these tactics could keep a prison camp going forever. Uh, and that's the point they're trying to make, right? When communication breaks down, it's the difference between this and the Great Escape. Because in the Great Escape, they're all like, "Yeah, you guys are going to bunk together. You can." You can have meetings, you can chat, you can call each other by your names. Like, just, just pretend you're not in prison when you're off duty. Right, right. Uh, you know, we're not going to give you weapons if you ask for them, but anything else you need, sure. That that was the, the crazy thing to me about The Great Escape. This feels like it's doing it more uh, realistically, where they're trying to isolate them and keep them yeah, from yeah, yeah. forming... The- dehumanizing and, yes. and you also it seems like it's part of the deal is you kidnap their family so you have that leverage over them as well sure yep. yeah uh oh, the one thing that they have in common with the great escape is they're putting like all the badasses together at some point <laughs> they don't know it yeah. but they are uh, accidentally anyway uh maggie wanders the woods where she finds a young walker boy that reminds her of herschel when he was ripped away from her and she can't kill it i don't know yeah this I, stuff like was I said, for I, you. yeah i thought it was effective i i immediately got like you know this child zombie or immediately went back to that first episode with the little teddy bear girl and you know her like them transposing that over her memories of herschel being ripped away uh, I feel like this works a lot that. better with with Carol, who's literally had a daughter turn into well, but a walker. Yes, but that energy kind of crackles in their scene. You know, that Maggie bit, yeah. is essentially like, oh, woe was me. How, you know, who could ever relate to someone having their daughter or their, their young <laughs> child ripped away in this year's zombie apocalypse and to mm-hmm. not even know to go for an extended period of time and not even knowing if they're live or dead. It's like and Carol 
So it just shows great credit that Carol doesn't say, like, hello, Sophia, <laughs> Maggie, uh-huh. you know, happened on your fucking farm. Your mm-hmm. dad just wrangled her up and kept her in that fucking place. Like, yeah. Um, but I, I I thought, like, yeah, if they did this to Carol, it doesn't land nearly as well as it does to Maggie, who's, you know, this is like, yeah, like she's finally after however long the show's been on, 15 years, she's caught up to Carol. She's where Carol was at the beginning. I don't know, man. It's some weird, like, governor-esque shit, too. She's been through all this with the governor keeping Walker's alive because he can't bear to part with his daughter. Yeah. And, like, I was getting hints of that in here, too. Mm. But Well, I wondered, I yeah. Know. I was like, how fucked up is this going to get, you know? Right, right. But not that fucked she, up, it turns out. No, no. She puts an end to it quickly. Uh, okay, Rosita wants to follow the convoy, but Gabriel doesn't get what that's going to accomplish. And there are no better ideas, though. So they just kind of argue about it for a second. Walker's attack and dislocate Rosita's arm. Gabriel pops it back in place and then they hear a train whistle. <laughs> Why dislocate her arm? It, it to, to Give make her, her a little less capable. Like mm. she might not want to rush headlong into this after all, I think. But then they hear the train whistle and she's all about it, which, of course. And the other thing is like mm-hmm. when so he he relocates her shoulder mm-hmm. and then he's like, what do you say to me when I'm beating myself up? She says, quit bitching and move forward. I'm like, that's a wild thing to say someone who's beating them up. Mm-hmm. But also. What the hell do you want her to do, Gabriel? Pop pop a squat and take a breather because you just told her to quit bitching and move forward, implying that you should just keep doing the thing that she wanted to do before you stopped there to say to take it. I, I thought it was like, this is hideously bad writing. Yeah. Well, there, there are two competing goals, right? He doesn't want to just run off half cocked and, and get themselves killed, but also he doesn't want her to beat herself up about it. So like, he's got to say the quit bitching and move forward, but move forward implies going and doing exactly what she wants to do. So yes. exactly. Yeah. I, it's, it's a very conflicted scene. Um, and I don't think they quite make the point they want to make. And also there I thought maybe like, oh, this is going to linger and cause some kind of failure later in the episode at a dramatic moment. Nope. Nope. The the dislocation never comes up again. It's just literally no. a, a give give five seconds of like, hey, let me give you a pep talk. And then the train whistle goes and that's it. Yeah. And maybe Gabriel can say, see, we're not equipped to do this. So it's not. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't ever really say that. Uh, right. I, I will say we've talked about the mishandling of guns in this show so many times, but I could not get over Rosita being like, I got a dislocated arm and she's got her gun hand and she's gesturing, like put your foot right here and she's jabbing it into her ribs with her finger on the trigger. And I'm like, you are just going to blow yourself away, lady. Yeah. Watch it. You should know better. You get sloppy when you're holding a block of foam rubber for that long. Fair, fair. All right, Daryl and Carol are still staking out the train station. When the train pulls up, they see Connie being loaded onto the train and they decide to follow it to the other prisoners and bust them out all at once, which is a good plan. It's such a good plan that I actually don't see the dilemma here that Daryl is on about. Like, we can't go get her. Otherwise, they'll radio ahead. We'll just, yeah, do what Carol said. All right, follow them, find them all, break them. Yeah, man, it did. It, it, it's it's it was over and and done. You know, it, it wasn't. They didn't uh, be 
belabor it, just, it that much. It's not, it's not very forward thinking of Daryl, which I know he's all worried about Connie in the moment. It's what do you think is going on with this designation to? Those are the enemies of the state. Those are the people who Pamela really wants to punish. I suppose. So they're going to like the real Siberian gulag, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah. prison camp where yeah. they, they serve the gruel is not bad enough. I was going to say, that's designation A, designation B. Oof. And then I, it's like, the, like the guard finds yeah. out about it and he's like, oh, shit. Like, you know, in universe, this is some kind of like. Yeah, I think torture. Torture is on the Maybe. table. Yeah. Not that being forced to labor at gunpoint is not torture. It's just right. 18 hours of work, torture. physical labor. Jesus. Ugh. Right. I'm about as old as Jeffrey Dean Morgan. That just wouldn't fly. <laughs> nope. <laughs> they get three days out of me and then I just be all right. What is there a gas chamber or just right to the crematorium? <laughs> is there a ditch I can, you can shoot me into? Lay like face I, down yeah. In, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But we'll see what designation two is later. Uh, Daryl and Carol have a hard time following the train in their Jeep because it's on tracks. They're on the road. They get ahead of it and they watch the junction and Daryl's super antsy about Connie, but Carol talks him through it, calling back to the time that she was lost in the cave. Uh, can't save him if they're dead. Isn't, is it my, my recollection is that Carol had a, major role in causing Connie <laughs> to <laughs> to be lost yeah. in this cave. She had yeah. dynamite and she threw it in when yeah. everybody was saying, no, let's not dynamite this cave. Yeah. Uh, Daryl, if we go it alone, we might be making the same mistakes I made all over again. <laughs> right. This is what she should have actually said. Yeah, because Daryl did uh, not make that mistake. Yeah, there's like, wait, you got a mouse in your pocket? Cause, cause I got a possum. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I thought that was like rich of her. Cause yeah, she caused all that. She blew that shit up, uh-huh. and that was like a long line. That was at the end or the middle it of was. a long line of her just being a maverick. Yeah, like, like starting at terminus all the way to the cave, and then I, I feel like she had a. Well, even going, she even was all the one, to the whisperers. And yeah, and going back to the prison arc, she was the one that unilaterally started, you know, kicking people, exiling right. people there too. It's like, yeah. yeah, this has been like I love Carol, but she has not been a team player. Yeah, and, and they've done a pretty good job of reconnecting Daryl and Carol, and them getting over this to where I would believe that this wouldn't trigger Daryl, and <laughs> he'd be like, "You, yeah, have the right. audacity to lecture me right now? Are you kidding mm-hmm. me?" Uh, so kudos to to the writers for that at least. He's taken a lot of hard hits to the head in the last few years. <laughs> True. Um, it, it's also yeah. I mean, I look at Carol's character and how far it's come because her lecturing him not to go it alone is also a crazy thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's not just the like she had she had taken it upon herself but like she was exiled for a mm-hmm. long time and did go it alone on every occasion yeah crazy um maggie is walking the tracks and here's a motorcycle coming a commonwealth trooper stops at the tracks uh the crossing and looks for everyone around doesn't find anybody he does find the boy uh walker that maggie saw earlier 
and is going to kill it, but Maggie stops him. Uh, puts a railroad spike in his uh, lung, I guess. The boy, the boy Walker tries to eat her, so she has to kill it, but she isn't happy about it. And then Daryl and Carol drive up and find her. Yeah, I thought there's a nice moment where, like, Maggie was so distracted and distraught over having to kill the zombie child that she doesn't mm-hmm. know that that's Daryl and Carol in that Jeep. No. She was just ready to give up, mm-hmm. and which I thought was interesting. And I was hoping they'd explore it a little bit more because, like, you know, Herschel's still on the line. What the fuck are you right? doing? But, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like this. If this uh, if the rest of this episode hadn't been so pants on fire, head catching, stupid, I would have engaged with it. But it's like as it is, it's just like this weirdly odd, disconnected grace moment that mm-hmm. they don't really do much with. But she's feeling guilty. Yeah, she's I, feeling I, guilty for letting this happen uh-huh. to Herschel. So guilty she's going to abandon her quest as mother to get him back. Apparently. Yeah. So guilty she's finally willing to talk to Carol about something. Um, <laughs> which is the next scene here where Maggie tells Carol that she feels responsible for Herschel being taken, and Carol tells her it doesn't matter because they're a family and Pamela is scared of them. Honestly, I had a hard time tracking the logic in Carol's point. Just following her from like, you feel responsible for Herschel, but we were forced to become a family and we're strong because of that. And Pamela is scared of us and we're going to make it right. I it's it's borderline for me. I thought it tracked through because one of the things I've been moaning about our modern day life is that, you know, between lots of different things, social media, um, Mm-hmm. Uh, the way our work schedules work, everything. It's like, it, it feels like we are increasingly being isolated in this society. Yes. Um, and everyone just kind of does, or you got your bubble of your car, you got your bubble of your house, you got your bubble in your job. And like, you just don't get out of those comfort zones. And like what she was saying about, you know, when we got to the Commonwealth is like the old world. We got busy doing our jobs and doing our own little thing and gotten really self-involved mm-hmm. and we lost track. And that's how we'd probably be in the, in, in the real, you know, the quote unquote real world. Um, but we did forge a family and that was special. And the only way Pamela could have ever defeated us is to have us so separated and strung out. But now we're here together and we're going to kick her ass in. Um, again, I don't see how this group does that without massive assist from the population of Commonwealth, which they are telling that story pretty well. Like, I do believe that Uh we're on a precipice of a surprise revolution. Um, I just thought that it worked better in the in the Ezekiel and Negan scenes because they were showing people being separated. I I don't know this. Hmm. Well, she's saying they did it to themselves, essentially. Like we let ourselves be separated. And now that they're back on the same page, they have the strength to go help Herschel. I, I guess that makes some, some amount of sense. And when paired with the Negan and Ezekiel stuff, it, it kind of comes together as a package. So, okay. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I see it. Um, I like Carol kind of being the mom of the group again, though. That's that mm-hmm. stuff is good. Uh, just, yeah, like I said, Carol, know, what makes the scene crackle to the extent that it does mm-hmm. is that Carol, you just know in the back of your mind, like, oh, my God, Carol's uh, expert. Like this is, you know, like she is kind of a mother figure to Maggie and she can empathize with her in a way that few 
Well, actually, a lot of people in the zombie apocalypse probably can. But she she was one of those first ones that we went through this the trauma of like losing your your child and not being, you know, like, oh, my God, she's a sca- she's scared and alone. And, oh, we found the sock and this thing. And she's, you know, still like the 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 horror of just not knowing either way, you know, mm-hmm. um, I thought that aspect that was pretty well done. If I'm going to give praise this episode. <laughs> I I love that doodlebug is nowhere in this conversation because if you want to talk about maggie not knowing the fate of someone she was out there in the wilderness by herself <laughs> at slap town for sure ages and maggie yeah. was not interested still not interested which i yeah. love that is a consistent Ma- i don't think maggie character. remembers she has a sister at this point ever had one <laughs> she's certainly forgotten that season for long stretches apparently uh so at the end of this scene, Rosita and Gabriel show up and and find them. Uh, they ask where Daryl is, and then we go over to Daryl, who is asking the trooper that Maggie stabbed to do something good with his final moments and and tell him about the the train, where it's going, and designation two and all that. Uh, none of his good cop tactics work, so he resorts to bad cop, which also doesn't work. And then Gabriel recognizes this guy as one of his congregation. And the trooper ends up confessing his guilt and Gabriel manages to get the information out of him, but he doesn't know where the train is going. And then they pray together. You know, Gabriel is sneakily becoming one of my favorite characters. Right. Right. I I like his. it, It feels like Gabriel is what a priest should be. A priest doesn't necessarily have all of the answers, but a priest is there to guide you through the difficult points of your life that feels to me like the the best outcome of being a priest uh and gabriel's doing that to a t man i'm i'm really enjoying his stuff and i felt like this is a little underwritten though because i think with another bit of polish and maybe 30 seconds more dialogue they could because like this you're a coward thing means something to us because we know gabriel's backstory But what the fuck does this mean to the, this the, this trooper? This must be just emotional abuse. You know, you know why you're having <laughs> you're a hard worthless. time in your last moments. You're a fucking coward, dude. You're a fucking coward. And then, and then he smoothly goes like from that to like, but I know you're a good person. You're trying to do good. Like, ah, God, like, why can't you be like, you know, I was in a time where I'd lost my way and I was floundering around right. because I was a coward and I couldn't I, I didn't do the right thing at the right time. And that haunted me and i feel like maybe you feel that way a little bit because you've seen some things that you might could have stopped and mm-hmm. it's like again it's, it's there they were 90 percent of the way there it's just they didn't make the connection so i thought it was like this weird kind of like yeah i saw what they're going for but it missed the mark a bit for me gotcha uh i think gabriel just wants to avoid the tough questions like oh really you had a hard time where you made a mistake you regret what was that all about <laughs> well, well I, let's uh, not talk about that. Hid that in was... my church while I locked doors and let my entire <laughs> church die outside screaming. Uh, as I listened to them. As I could have done something to, them, to stop yeah. it. Could have helped them. Could have let them in. I didn't. Even the organ girl who I s- s- secretly sweet on. I just let her get pulled apart by dead people. It's, it's crazy. Crazy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're, so about your, your, your toleration of creeping fascism into your government. Same thing. Right. Super, super right. same. <laughs> uh, yeah, the guy says designation two people are taken somewhere far away and never seen again, which, you know, we'll find out by the end of the episode where that is. And and let's take note of the 
the words far away here. Cause boy, mm. um, it, it's like 500 miles between the two places. And right. I just, a lot of the time I'm feeling like a cognitive dissonance in this episode of like, all these people are meeting up guided by some train. They left at different times on different trucks on different missions and somehow they are connecting in this 500 mile journey somewhere. No, and I'm just, I think, I'm not feeling okay. like they're telling the story of them connecting very well. Well, I, yes, you are hundred percent right about that. I do get the feeling that the train is coming back and everything is going to the depot, but wait a second coming back. They've, but they took everyone Alexandria at the end of this episode. Yeah, they, they took, took Ezekiel Alexandria 500 miles to Alexandria yep. in a single. Well, you can drive 500 miles in a single night. No problem. I think they've just done that. I mean, but, yeah, but it yeah. takes like eight hours, but you can do it. But that blows. So it's like, are they going to the, the, the truck? The train's going to come back to the station. Yeah, I don't know. I'm back to not knowing. Yeah, no, they're doing a terrible job. They're doing a ter- terrible job at the geography. Yeah, I'm really confused by it. But I'm sure it'll all work out. Don't worry. Nick Tarot is going to direct next episode. He'll tell us. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if that's true. Um, I, I I do kind of like the predicament. I mean, Daryl is, you know, stating it in terms that it's kind of silly where, yeah, why don't they just do what Carol said and go follow the train and that will lead them to everyone they're looking for. Um, but But the idea here is solid. And it's certainly a lot better than, hey, we have no food. Let's fight a bunch of like religious fanatics for just a pantry full of it. Right. Certainly better than that. It's just last season. Mm. Yeah, I guess it was. Uh, Yeah, it feels a lot longer because these seasons are getting pretty long. That day, because that was the watching dead was the end of season 10, right? I think so, yeah. And that was the climax of the food pantry raid. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Or I think I think that's true. Boy, yeah, it all blurs together for me. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, we go back to the labor camp. Kelly wants to run, but Ezekiel tells her to just keep working. It's too dangerous. And Negan asks one of the guards about his wife and gets a baton to the head for it. Uh, a few of the workers try to escape and they get gunned down and they tell everyone, get back to work. Here's the yep. thing that kills me in these scenes. And I feel like it's just, it it's something that happened in the edit. They had footage that they wanted to use here. They needed to cover something and they edited the shot in. But their guards are crazy. Uh, it, it, it just unwilling to respond to gunfire, unwilling to respond to, hey, the prisoners are escaping. There are guards playing horseshoes while this other guard is gunning down three people who are trying to escape, and they never stop playing horseshoes. They never stop. So I did get the idea that this is where the hardcore troopers are. These guys seem like they're decent marksmanship. So like how many troopers, like, yeah, how many guys you need to gun down three prisoners fleeing? They should have at least looked over. But what if, if got, the guy I did needed think help. that? Like, what if the whole camp just like, okay, on the count right. of five, we just all run and we all yeah. run in a random location and like, there's no fucking way they get them all. No, they got three guards. They can only go in three directions. Yeah. Yeah. 
But I, I don't know. These guys are just completely desensitized to gunfire, to walkers, to everything. Mm-hmm. Wild. Uh, anything you want to say about that nope. scene? Okay. Well, let's keep going then. The train approaches the junction. One of the troopers tries to switch the tracks, but it's stuck. And then the Alexandrians try to take the train. And I guess they do manage to. Uh, one of the troopers gets away on a motorcycle and Daryl goes after him. And when he catches him, he murders him. I just couldn't believe this him. was it. I just couldn't believe this was it. Yeah. Like this is the this is the Commonwealth's, you know, barley equals intellect moment. And this train <laughs> has an engineer and three troopers. I mean, they've been infected by Alexandria, right? Yeah. They I found guess. they found Deanna's writings. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> And they were like, well, I guess Barley does equal intellect. Shit. We've been doing things wrong. Yeah. Uh, the So also, if you're looking for uh, a, a bit bayonet, this this right, this trooper's gun is so especially notice when he stabs the zombie in the face. It's just mm-hmm. it's just bad. Um, but yeah, like I that, that's the thing. It's like there is something interesting here. Um, but like. What we did is, well, we can't let him know we're coming. How are we going to do it? Don't worry. Kara's got a plan. And then we don't know what the plan is. It was honestly kind of like surprising when Maggie just steps onto the train with the gun. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, because I was expecting kind of like, oh, there's going to be kind of a cool heist scene here. But no, they just uh, they fuck up the junction and Matt, just Maggie with a pistol takes over the train. No problems. Yeah, I think back to some of the other infiltration type stuff they've done um, back with the governor and Woodbury. Um, that stuff was actually planned out. That stuff, mm-hmm. like, they felt like they had a plan. Uh, and we we shit on it every step of the way because uh-huh, the plan was ridiculous yep. and not particularly well executed. So I guess this is an improvement. Like, they skipped that whole process. We can't shit on the plan. Sure, because we don't but... know what the plan was. Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's it's not super exciting when just things happen. And it's I like, agree. well, what what is supposed to happen? What are the stakes? Well, if this goes wrong, what happened? None of that. None of that. You have no idea. And then the super exciting thing that did happen in this episode or this scene was when Daryl realizes, oh, shit, there's another motorcycle here. I can chase him down. I've been working the entire apocalypse for this moment. And then it's pretty lackluster. They don't show him ramp off the train. They don't. They do this blur filter that is supposed to convey speed and to me just makes it hard to watch. It's and, OK. I didn't realize we we're actually going to this. Yes, this motorcycle scene was some horseshit because they yeah. every once in a while they go to a POV of, I think, Daryl. But it's filmed with like a GoPro and they add this like shake filter mm-hmm. that is just like, I, I don't it, it. Yeah, it's these guys are clearly going like 15, 20 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no sense of speed. The shaky cam makes everything worse. There wasn't even like, I, again, like I don't expect Norman Reedus to do, but I thought you'd get, how much is it to cost a, a, a stunt man to ramp over something? I, what What is a leather vest and a long dark wig cost? Because that's the cost lot. of it. Not a lot. <laughs> and stunt man will be like, can I take this home with me with the wings yeah. on the back? Cool. I'm in. It was it was kind of cool. I thought when Daryl laid it down like underneath that tree to take the guy's knees out. Yeah, like, I like that. that was the the big finish. But like they could have made this more exciting. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's a train heist, man. It's a train heist. Come on, <laughs> spend some money yeah. on the train heist. And there should have been a lot of tension in this scene, and there really wasn't. Um, 
despite their best efforts. Yeah, like yeah. nothing bad. Like Daryl's like there's a standoff moment with him and Connie and Connie just effortlessly gets out of it. Uh huh. You know, there was no like, yeah, um, this is like the worst shootout in working uh, Walking Dead history, like broad daylight, no cover, just exchanging gunfire from like two cars away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and no one feels in particularly in danger. And the troopers are all swaddled. You can't see their faces. So who knows what they're thinking? Yeah. Um, Pretty yeah. lackluster. There's no, no Steve McQueen. No cooler king is Daryl, which kind of, kind of crazy. Yeah. It's no uh, harder they fall. That's for sure. (laughs) All right. The train conductor is taken to where the other trooper died. The one that Gabriel was coaching through his death and told that if he he's next, if he doesn't tell them what they want to know, he tells them there's a map in the engine room on the train and Daryl returns and has a cute moment with Connie, but he's interrupted by the train conductor putting <laughs> in in what for me was a laugh out loud hilarious moment. The train conductor kills himself with a screwdriver as best I could tell. I think it's a tire iron, you know, like a okay, crowbar sure. thing, but but yeah. Sa- you same can. deal. You, you can stick you can stick a flat could. blade screwdriver into your jugular and probably kill yourself. It's just it's a bad way to go. <laughs> it's yeah. I would have made him shoot me, I guess. Like that would have right. been better than jabbing a screwdriver through my own neck. And then you fall face first so it just like finishes the job and squelches all night. Nice. Yeah. I I laughed out loud when he stuck that into his neck. Well, I want to talk That's about the engineer cuz this is again, uh-huh. I don't know shit about trains. Maybe this is proper terminology. But he says there's a map in the engine room mm-hmm. of the engine this this thing is as far as I know is it's a train engine. That's like saying go to my car and get the map out of the driving room. Yes. How many fucking rooms is in this train? <laughs> it's just a one, right? It's the cabin. Is it the right? cabin? Is that what it would be called? Is there a dead? Is there a dedicated driving room on a train? <laughs> Like, I mean, the old time, uh-huh. he's like, it was literally like the drive. You're you're shoving coal and you're 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 not steering. You're breaking into. Uh, but uh-huh. like, yeah, I thought that's like the engine room of a train engine. Maybe they maybe they do have the engine off in a separate room and then there's the front part you do. But like, I, I thought but that then was why so- is the map in the place where they're shoveling coal? In? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Doesn't the driver need that? Well, why the fuck does a driver need a map? Well, I guess there are junctions. So you have to know which switch. Uh-huh. To- yeah, no. OK, I am 100 engine room. Giggle. Fuck yourself, buddy. I'm going to start doing that when I send my son. <laughs> hey, go out in the car. Uh, fetch something out of the, the driving room of my uh-huh. car, please. And he'll look at you and say, Dad, did you have a stroke? <laughs> And it's like, I've taken several blows to the head, son. Yeah. It's the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right. Gruel but, is served. Also, hmm? like, I, the, the Carol's counter offer that this guy taking a, <laughs> a flat bladed screwdriver to the neck was, hey, 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 no, no, we can hurt you. We can hurt you just just enough. We can like hurt you like real bad, but not enough to cripple you, but just enough that people like, whoa, you went through an experience getting away from these people. I'm like, what are yeah. you talking about? I mean, it's, it's a classic one, right? Like that, that's yeah. the move. Okay, okay. Shoot me in the shoulder. Shoot me in the arm, whatever. But just the, the way she said it, like, look, we'll hurt you, but just yeah. enough. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nah, they'll know I lied. Yeah, they probably would, dude. Look at you. Mm-hmm. Um. So gruel is served to the slaves 
back at the labor camp. Kelly seems watered down gruel at that. This yeah. was some. Um, this is the kind of shit they dispense on the Nebuchadnezzar in the Matrix. Uh huh. Like gotta, yeah, gotta make it last. Toasty wheat or it's not not T- great. Tasty wheat. Tasty yep. wheat. Thank you. Uh, Kelly seems less than pleased with their current situation. Negan tries to get on the same page with Ezekiel, but he's holding grudges from his savior days. Uh, Negan admits, look, I suck. I belong to be, or I deserve to be here, but my wife and baby don't. So let's work together to get out of this shit. And Ezekiel's like, all right, well, we got to spark hope. And Negan says, yeah, I can do that. It's probably going to cost me my life, but I can do it. And then they're told to get back to work. Are they going to kill Negan? Uh, It's possible. Yeah, I can see it. I think they did cancel his miniseries, though, didn't they? Um, that's so a good like, did question. they cancel it in time enough for Angela Kang to write his uh, a potential death? I, I feel like either way, like um, even if he got a spinoff, there's a way that it's kind of like they did to Rick Grimes. It's like he doesn't really die, but everyone thinks he died a heroic death. It turns out he gets picked mm-hmm. up by the fucking helicopter people. Oh, this guy's sure. A. This guy's the A-est A I've ever seen. Uh. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I like to like, you know, Negan saying like, hey, I, I, this warden, I recognize this warden's playbook. He's doing the fear thing. He's doing this, that. And Negan's or, you know, Zeke's thinks in that Negan's preaching, like going essentially him going to Negan things up. He's like, nah, it's not going to work in a place like this. I got to inspire hope. I, I thought it was pretty good. It's just like it's if I, I've seen I've, I've seen this arc from everyone in Alexandria except for Ezekiel. And it just mm, mm-hmm. boy, it's hard to engage with it. With three I feel yeah, it, it's the meta stuff I like. It's the commentary on you know our our current society that is actually mm. working in these scenes for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you've mentioned, social media just driving us apart. And when people can't talk, they can't come together and they can't accomplish anything. So yeah, I'm yeah. I'm digging what they're doing there. And I assume that's going to be like the grand thesis of the show, right? Mm. But we'll see. Hey, don't shamble off. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back, survivors. Here's even more about The Walking Dead. Um, the train robbers, Daryl, Carol, all of them, don't know which way to go. They decide to go back to the train and get the radio back up, which uh, I, I'm i assuming this at this point no the map sense. was just a ploy to get the tire iron so he could kill himself, right? He's like, okay, take me to the engine room of the engine, uh, the, the engine car. Well, he didn't make it that far. No, and I think he I'll, told the truth about the map. Because did they not have him? Did they not know where they're going now? I thought they did. Yeah, they say they say they have no idea where to go now. So, and then Rosita oh. has to like ask them, okay, how do I get there? Well, let me ask you this: What mm-hmm. radio did they turn off? Because I thought it was like some kind a of nearby train? radio tower that they turned off. But they I, turned I think off- we're supposed to understand that before Maggie went into the the. Tra- the engine comp- the engine room of the engine that she disabled a transmitter on the train because the other thing is like is about trains guess. when you pull these junctions if the train's going the right way you don't even stop like there's uh-huh. a 50 50 chance that you know carol and daryl and everybody's like yeah we're gonna get these some bitches when they slow down to hit this thing and then it's like the plane just just keeps on going at a steady 30 40 miles an hour and they're like fuck right but like I, I was like drive to the next one. Try so again. they got a they got a transmitter that's that's a part of the train 
but not immediately available for the engineer to be like, wait, this thing's not even turned on. Like it's got an antenna or something. I I didn't. I I still don't. Wait, wait. I'm just realizing they're sabotaging their own plan here with this switching, this train switching. Why don't they just let them switch it and keep following them? Hmm. Instead yeah. of hoping that there's going to be some map where they can take a hostage who can lead them there. And, and, if, and if the plan was to cut the communications train. from the train, how the fuck did they know that that train had a communication that could be cut within like 30 seconds of it stopping? They keep saying like Connie is dead if we don't get to her before the train reaches its destination. I don't mm. know why they assume that. Mm. Well, maybe someone will explain it in feedback. But it, I, yeah, it, I is it because they just won't have the manpower times. to take take out a whole facility? I don't know. I, I watched yeah. this episode multiple times. The first time I watched it, I'm like, I don't fucking understand what's going on. Am I like mm-hmm. too high for the walking dead? Is that a thing? <laughs> it's never happened before, but maybe so I got high well, enough. I think that tomorrow, tomorrow when I'm taking my note pass. I'll just make sure I'm super sober and I got a lot of caffeine in me and it's, everything will make sense. No, no, I had more. I went away with more questions. So, I mean, that tells you you just weren't high enough. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. You can be twice as high. THC equals intellect. I don't know. I, I think they have an idea of of where all this uh, is going and they have an idea of how it all gets there. They just don't really put it on screen in a way that I'm able to parse it. Do you think there's like this got chainsawed a little bit like there's like four or five minutes on the floor? That No, I, no. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's a. The, I don't think it's an after the fact. Oops, we forgot to, to. Gotcha. Oops, we had to pull out this stuff. I think it's just like. Oops, we didn't quite connect the dots here. Yeah. Well, you know. Like they filmed exactly what they meant to film and then just realized. Or better they, shows have had dumber. Better shows have had dumber lapses of attention in their final episodes. I'll tell you that. Fair. Um, so the, the troopers load the slaves back onto the bus and take them back to their outpost. Rosita radios outpost 22 pretending to be a lost trooper and they give her directions to the location. It's a good thing. This radio is just on outpost 22's frequency. And that she knows that there's an outpost 22 and she understands that which junction they're at, I guess because she's looking at the map, but if she's looking at the map, how do they not know where they're going? Yeah. But they don't know. Like if you got a map that says outpost listed, how the hell would you know where your friends are at? Maybe that's what they're saying. So they have the whole layout, but like there's 22 outposts. Which one are they taking? So she's called 21 other outposts going, hey, I'm lost. (laughs) But how does she? Yeah. Even if she. And just hoping that someone will slip that, oh, yeah, there's a prisoner transfer coming in and it's the Alexandrians. God, I feel stupid. I feel like there's (laughs) there's surely an answer to this, right? I feel like someone's going to roast. Like, that's the last thing I want to be roasted that I wasn't paying attention to the show. In its closing moments, God, that would be the worst. But like, seriously, right, I'm right. like, the more I think about it, like that. So it's like, well, okay, well, if they, if they're, if they're calling, it's like, okay, we're closest to Outpost 22. Let's cl- let's call them. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you know that's going to lead to your friends? Like, what's the plan there? Right. Why doesn't the junction split off and lead you to Outpost 46? Right. Like. Right. Yeah, and then they happen to slip also, the information about like, oh yeah, there's a prisoner transfer coming in. Also, if I gave you a map of a railroad and one of the depots was your old neighborhood, do you not think you would recognize and be like, oh, my God, this is our old neighborhood? It's Probably. right there by Highway yeah. 30, right? Uh-huh. Like, 
I'd see the tracks going into town and I would look at the layout of the town and I'd be like, yeah, that's that's yeah. my old neighborhood. And it's another another four step Martin reveal where like, you know, like you can tell <laughs> my God, like it's like I knew that it was Alexandria before right. the actual. You see the cold rolled steel and you're like, right. Oh, that's, and that's then, then there's all the signs. And, so, and then they finally say it's the Alexandria Processing Center. I'm like, oh, my God. All right. All right. We get it. It's yeah. not been that long since we've seen the cold rolled steel, man. <laughs> I, I I love it. I have a I, fantasy about like a fan of The Walking Dead that's like, you know, like, oh, man, all my favorite podcasts have stopped covering the show. Uh, it's bald move, guys. Let's let's go on. Like, it's an impenetrable just wall of memes. It's like listening point, yeah. to the Jim Rome show blind. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? Cold rolled? What? Uh, yeah. Barley, barley equals, equals intellect? intellect? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, oh Jesus! I just well, I love it. it this is maybe uh-huh. the most perfect place that The Walking Dead could have arrived at uh-huh. with this reveal with Alexandria, because all of the stingy contracts, all of the recycled sets, are leading perfectly up to the final recycling, the glorious reveal of Alexandria as the prison camp. Mm-hmm. I, it's perfect. I could not have predicted a more perfect ending to The Walking Dead from from a meta uh, level. It's beautiful. I just know where the surprise came from, because like, again, I thought that this is like at the end of one of the seasons where they had the, you know, um, uh, God damn it. Who is the uh, better call Saul guy? I've already forgot him. He died last episode. So no, not Sebastian uh, uh, Hornsby. Oh, you remember that man. scene of that the triumphant yes. scene of Hornsby on the top of hilltop, and it shows the red banners going down on the wall, and it shows uh-huh. all the different settlements like now under the new like how like okay they turn Alexander to a, a labor camp. Well, you knew that. What'd you think the Commonwealth was going to turn it into? Like a tr- training center for underprivileged children? Well, there was this whole promise of them fixing it up for him, right, and and helping them re. So what does Ale- what do they do home? if like even one Alexandrian wants to go back? Like, you know what? We've been at the Commonwealth for a while, uh, but, you know, I just really, yeah, I've, I've heard you guys got this fixed up. I want to go back to Alexandria. There's nothing. What do they do? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. If, if the plan goes off without a hitch, if Eugene and Max don't yeah. cause chaos and the Pamela yeah. has to make good on her plan. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, like half the people want to go back to Alexandria. They just like are disappeared. I guess they're just disappeared, probably. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. sent to, <laughs> They're sent to Alexandria, which turns out to be a. The labor camp. Oh, you want to go back? Oh, we can get put you back, Alexandria. Uh huh. Sure Just hop on this train. It's going right there. Uh, I I don't know, man. That's that's the end of the episode. They we find out that Outpost Twenty Two is actually Alexandria. Mm-hmm. Um, Maggie gives a little inspirational, like Rick yeah, Grimes era. These people don't know who they're messing. What what did he got? They don't know who screwing, they're screwing, screwing with. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's like one of those type of speeches, but, uh, yeah, no, I think they know exactly who they're screwing with. And if it hadn't been for their own despotism and just shittiness, turning their populace against them, you guys would be fucked. But fortunately this is all coming to a head in time for Eugene to lead the revolution. (laughs) Right. Maggie says, uh, we're going to make it right. And Pamela will never see it coming. Where is the urgency now? to get I, I don't so they're gonna just bide their time 
I don't know. We're gonna, take, we're gonna take them down, get our kids, and mm-hmm. take back our home, and Pam will never see it coming. Because like, I just don't know what their plan is to stop the like. I I imagine you guys could take your home back. I don't know what you do in the full mm-hmm. might of the Commonwealth comes down to evict you. Yeah, because no, they, they have, have to. They have to deliver a one-two blow, right? They have to yeah. deliver Alexandria back into their hands and take Pamela down in the same sweep. Commonwealth, and they have to kind of govern the because, like, if you yes, just let the they Commonwealth need to put like Mercer to, in charge or something, yeah. Because what happens if Negan takes over and it's like, well, mm-hmm. I know where it, Alexandria. Yeah, like it's you got to you got to get it under better leadership. So like Hornsby that's a said, tall, right? That's a tall. Max? That's a tall Max? order. Can can she become the the new Pamela? She's roughly familiar with how to run the Commonwealth. I think, I think that's going to be Yumiko. I think Yumiko is going to be the new president ah, of the Commonwealth. Really? Yeah. And like, you know, Max will be her vice president and Eugene will be her secretary of bullets. <laughs> <laughs> Eugene. Secretary of bolo ties. Has no place in governance. Uh, it'd be funny if they turn it into like some kind of communist regime, but instead of like the Mao era gray pajamas, everybody, everybody, everybody must wear cut off jeans, a cowboy <laughs> hat, uh, bolo tie, and mullets. Mm-hmm. It's the new uniform. Mm-hmm. It's the shining path. People get on it. Oh, I hope Eugene doesn't end up in the government of the Commonwealth. It's doomed. That won't inspire confidence. That doesn't spark hope. I'm sorry. Hmm. <laughs> Mm-mm-mm. But yeah, that's it, man. We got three more episodes of the show before it's all over. I hope that's they got something it. big planned. I hope I hope the plan, whatever it is, to to take down Pamela, install the new government, and get their friends back is good. That's all. That's all I'm hoping for for the end of this. I hope yeah, it makes sense. Nice. I hope I can follow it, whether it makes sense in the nice. writer's head or not. Uh, yeah. And yeah, give just give us that, and I'll I'll probably be okay with the way this ends. Yeah, I just don't know what they're where they're going to get in three episodes. I really feel like this is going to be like uh, it's going to feel like a mid season finale, and the suggestion is keep watching The Walking Dead. You know, like I'm expecting my little Annie decoder message, and it's going to be keep watching Fear the Walking Dead, World Beyond the Walking Dead. Carol and Daryl are the Walking Dead, and Negan got canceled. I think that's that's going to be the message yeah. at the end of the season. It's going to be. Because, yeah, how can they do it? How can they believably do all the things they need to do in three, just three more episodes? Because I, I mean, honestly, ch- I, at the beginning of the season, I thought it's like at the last episode, I wouldn't even mind if it's just a schmaltzy, just like one last moment with every character. It doesn't even have mm-hmm. to have a plot. It's kind of like a denouement type of denouement type of thing. Um, but it's, yeah, like I, it feels like it's going to be pedal to the metal and just not really end. Yeah, we'll see. I, I'm I'm wondering how they're going to deal with you know not because you can cut the head off the beast Pamela um, and then try and install somebody new in her place but you've still got all her big money donors out there right like you've got a lot of political power within that community applying pressure in other ways yeah how and you have to reform you... the whole system because if you just put a per, right. like you know this is the you know I, I talked about worrying about like if the message is just like oh well, the system's fine you just need better people running it I don't know they've really shown that this is rotten to its core mm-hmm. so like you would have to do a whole lot of reforming of the system itself and then that you're gonna you know but again like you know these rich Especially wealthy this people episode. what does that even mean mm-hmm. you know in this society are, yeah. yeah yeah it's like 
Are they, are like, they rich like a kid with 2,500 tickets and Chuck E. Cheese is rich? Because, like, <laughs> you know, Jeff Bezos is rich and powerful because he owns industry and infrastructure and yeah. employs millions of people. Uh, they own the prison camps, the privatized prison camps. Privatized prison camps, yeah. That check. But I, that's what I'm, you know Labor. what I mean? Like, if these people are just like, Pamela's chosen cronies because I, yeah, I, I I don't know. They haven't done a very good job at the world building there. Yeah. And this, this episode didn't do them any favors, right? Because if you try and stop these forced labor prison camps, where does your, uh, where do your supplies come from? Where does your uh, necessities for life for the life that you provided these people with, where does the necessities uh, come from? Yes. And who makes your ice cream, you know, who, who sews together the Jacqueline Smith collection? Sure. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> who bakes the bread Carol stealing? Exactly. Who bakes them up? Cause it's not Tommy anymore. He's doing thoracic no. surgery now. Right. <laughs> uh, oh, so I guess my thoracic theory is done. We're not going to have Lance Hornsby popping up as you know fresh as a daisy because the convoy arrived. Because honestly, when the, the midnight convoys roll in, my first thought was, "Oh fuck yeah, we're going to come up on Hornsby here." Uh, I and that never happened. Oh no. Oh, does this mean that the train plowing through a herd of walkers is dead too? Probably. Or are they going to ride that train into? And Outpost Hornsby's 22? not going to jiggle shit, Jim. <laughs> she's not jiggling anything i was wanting to see no the smart knobs. smart zombie uh hornsby jiggling doorknobs and and eating i don't know he could he could he, we could still He's see still a walking there. a walking lance hornsby yeah mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm worried about the train situation because i really oh. want to see a train plow through some walkers and i think man. they're abandoning the train this episode mm, no way no way no, they're they're gonna. They're, you that, can't that just ride the station. You can't just ride a ghost train into Alexandria and not have them go. What the hell? Like the the troopers. Where are the troopers? Are they gonna? I guess take their armor and dress up as them. I suppose you could do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was telling that they had like several women troopers. So like, oh yeah, there's sure there's, Rosita, Maggie. There's one yeah. for Carol. There's one for Rosita. There's two. Do- yeah. All right. Okay. I hope they do that because I still really want that scene. Yeah, me too. Yeah, you got me hot for that one, and I'm I still I, I still want to see a zombie zombie Hornsby. Yep. Speaking of exciting things to look forward to, we're finally going to creak open this here feedback bag because mm-hmm. we've cleared. You know, don't we? We've we've lost the the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. Hot D ended last week. We still have a wrap up show for that, but we got enough bandwidth. We're going to do the first ever The Walking Dead feedback. It'll be out later this week, and uh, you still have opportunities to get your feedback in. If you want to explain the high-stakes train robbery so we can understand it, watching deadaboldmove.com, we'd appreciate it. Uh, but that's it. That's it. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash baldmove. If you'd like to find out all the other fabulous things we're watching and talking about. And uh, if you want to make the ads go away and get a ton of bonus content, support.baldmove.com. Really appreciate it. That'll do it for this week's episode of The Watching Dead. We'll see you next week for another uh, a thrilling, pulse-pounding. I am looking forward to this few a few good men trial situation mm-hmm. with Eugene. 
Me too. Looks like they got him in a suit. It's gonna be it's gonna be a hoot. Eugene in a suit means the episode's you can't a hoot. Handle the suit. Yeah, I'm waiting for it. <laughs> you think they'll? You think that the Yumiko is gonna like? Look, I have to insist. Get rid of the mullet. Uh huh. Yes. There's not a jury in your. I, I, I can't find a jury of your peers if you stick to this bolo tie and <laughs> mullet. God damn it! You've got to be an everyman, Eugene. And I want that to be half the episode. I want it to be the big contention in the episode like will he or won't he show up with a mullet day of the oh trial? my god can you imagine putting him in on the stand and he starts his foghorn leghorn dungeon uh-huh. master crap like oh my god it's gonna be like ah we don't need to hear anymore he's guilty where's can, do we have a sector sector 23 can we send into that because like we need something worse than the, than Designation the, than the three we're inventing it now <laughs> It's for people who dress like you. It's for Connies with mullets. They just go to the lower <laughs> circle of hell. All right, that's it. We'll see you next week. 